0: Give it up for Grant. Thank you sir. I got a text. Important. If Spencer doesn't say it, please mention we're taking applications for hosting and potentially leading a small group for next season. The new groups will be on the website in the next couple of weeks. She said "mew," not "new," then she wrote back "New." So, thank you Spencer, thank you Julie, thank you for all you guys do. Give them a hand, God bless you. (laughs) Mew. Today, the title of my message is The the Secret Life of Julie Stevens. So if you have your notepads and a pen ready, I'm going to give you some profound insight into how this woman does what she does so that you can be just like her. Hey, stand up with me just for one second. Stretch, just lift your hands up. Stand on your tippy toes. Do like a little ballerina thing. Come on out, do a little spin. Uh, Look at the person behind you, give them a high five. Now do that to the person next to you. Let me your high fives. There we go. Now, now just look at the person next to you and just tickle them. Give them a tickle. <laughs> tickle, tickle. <laughs> Some of the the single guys are like, sweet. I want to tickle her. <laughs> So, yeah, so two days ago, Darren called me and asked me if I could come and speak this morning, and as if life is not uh, crazy enough for me, I said yes. Do you know why I said yes? Because I am on this uh, never-ending pursuit of implementing what I feel God teaches me, which is what I come to share with you, which just comes... I think all of us, it's safe to say, all of us that come up here, it's from a place of this is where we're at, this is what we're giving. And one of those important things is that I really love putting myself out there in places that are uncomfortable, that are vulnerable, that feel intimidating, that causes the stuff to come up. Because if I don't put myself in situations and in environments where stuff can come up, I won't know that there is stuff there that is blocking me from being who I was always intended to be and doing what I was always intended to do, which is great things. So with that being said, I was like, okay, let's just make this a part two. If you were here two weeks ago, I talked about uh, uh, your greatness is God's glory. So this is your greatness is God's glory, part two. I don't think I've ever had a two-part thingy before. It feels nice. I feel like I've accomplished something now. I have a, I have a series. And, and my wife was like, babe, where is she? Where are you, wife? There she is. We just celebrated Ashley's birthday for the last three and a half weeks. <laughs> I looked at her, I was like, are we done now with the, with the birthday stuff? No, it was a real honor celebrating her. But obviously, I normally ask my wife for feedback, and then half the time, I don't like the feedback that she gives me. Can I get an amen, guys? (laughs) How stupid are we? We ask for advice, and then we sit there, and like in our heads, we're like, no, I don't want that advice. (laughs) Forget I even asked you. Uh, Anyway, one of the things she was saying is just, uh, you know, build it up. And I was like, babe, I can't build it up if I don't fully know where I'm going. And then she was like, what I mean to say is slow it down. And she prefaced it. Do this for me. So I'm doing this for you, my darling. That I want to, what I want to do today is I want you to run towards, I don't want you to go look for pain and look for discomfort and look for that like uh, like you're on some kind of a witch hunt. But I want you to understand that when it comes, and it comes as a result of you putting yourself into opportunities and things that are in over your head, when it comes, I want you to run towards it and give it a big hug. I don't want you to keep on demonizing it like you might have been doing, labeling it as evil and bad, seeing yourself as somehow short and dysfunctional because you feel things that feel dysfunctional. Label it the flesh and then crucify it and then cast the thing out. Because the problem with that is you're causing a dichotomy within your own skin. Hence why we don't feel comfortable in our own bodies. When you don't feel comfortable in your own body, guess what? You can't be yourself because you don't like yourself. Wow, that's so profound. You can't be yourself if you don't like yourself. So ideally for me now, it's like, okay, there is within reason, you don't want to just go and take on and do things that, A, you're not qualified to do, or if you know, if I do this, this is going to be too much. So don't hear what I'm not saying. Let me just preface that. I also do have a tendency to just go all in. That's just part of who I am and how I've always been. But it is very important to understand that it's coming to church on a Sunday morning, it's like, it's, it's kind of, it's not even the appetizer, it's like picking up the fork to, to then begin to eat like this. This cannot, I cannot emphasize it enough that this, small groups, big groups, one group, watching TBN, watching God TV, reading your Bible by yourself, praying, it, it's not enough. You have to go inside, You have to feel the pain. You have to feel the dysfunction. You have to feel the awkwardness. We are in an accelerated time right now where all kinds of people are starting to feel all kinds of stuff. There has never been a generation ever in history that has suffered and struggled with so much anxiety. And it's as though this loving father is saying, I am done, I don't want any more head relationship, I want heart relationship. I don't want people just saying memorized things to me because they think I want to hear that. It is not pleasing to me. I want people to be real, raw, and all kinds of colors with me. I want real. And then he's saying, well, if y'all don't want to roll like that, then we're going to have to move some things around that's going to begin to unearth. Unearth and unnerve some things. Then your theology on a good God and uh, sinful nature theology is going to be challenged a lot. Because if you are walking around and you still think you have a sinful nature, Guess what? Everything that contradicts righteousness or holiness, whatever that looks like for you, you are going to try and cast out. You are going to try and cut away. But the problem is, is that doesn't work. Those are parts of you, those are areas in your life that is looking to be reconciled by you. I mean, I'm 37 years old, I know, I look like I'm 19 and a half. I got carded at a rated R movie not too long ago. Yeah, were well, you saying what? Because you're not supposed to watch rated R movies, or? <laughs> anyway, think about it. For 37 years, I have my mommy and my stepdaddy because my daddy wasn't on the scene. My mom never married my my dad. Their mommy and their daddy, the, 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 the lineage goes on and on, all kinds of drama, all kinds of trauma. It is proven scientifically now that you can inherit trauma. You can actually inherit trauma. And again, trauma is simply a, if you think of a, 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 a calm ocean, it's just calm and you throw a rock in there and it disrupts. So that disruption, it sets off cortisol and adrenaline into your nervous system, and you are constantly in a fight-or-flight state because of the cortisol. You freeze up, or you fight, um, or you flee. And the problem is, is that when you have an overwhelm of cortisol, an overwhelm of adrenaline stress, it, it shocks the system, and what begins to happen is it stays like that, unless it gets resolved unless it gets felt or held or healed or recognized. Are you with me so far? Now imagine this with me. You experience whatever traumatic experience. And the, you, you, Let me just preface this. You have major and you have minor trauma. We have discarded this concept that we might have trauma because we don't suffer from maybe PTSD because we did not go to Vietnam. Or we did not go to some war, so, so I'm good. And although that might be the case, there is this nasty little bugger called minor trauma. And it's the little foxes that can spoil the vine, right? And so minor trauma, disappointment is traumatic. A series of disappointment over and over and over, it shocks you because you were expecting a certain outcome, a certain response, and <gasps> I'm shocked. Literally, you experience trauma. When I look at my my history in God, I see all the disappointments. And what I did out of ignorance was I just kept on pressing in. I just kept on pressing through. That's all I knew to do. That's what I taught many people to do. And to some extent, I'm still saying do that, but I'm saying for the most part don't. I'm saying acknowledge that you cannot run, you cannot hide, you cannot continue to numb, you cannot continue to avoid, you cannot continue to come to church, read your Bible, pray, do all these spiritual things to bypass that um, awkward, uncomfortable emotion that's still stuck in your body from God knows how long ago. God is healing people for real, for real right now, like for real, for real. He is, talk about alignment. He is aligning you, bringing you back to who you were always supposed to be, where there's absolutely no fear, where there's no offense, where there's no disappointment because you've got such profound perspective. And so what happens is your your system, your nervous system stays in that state. Imagine that. How can you be relaxed? Creativity flows out of rest, and we were called to create. Abundance and wealth comes from that place, right? Wealth, not just financially, but overall wealth, well-being. You cannot be that, express that, enjoy that when you're living like this. Now, you might not, it might not be apparent, but you all know what I'm talking about. Where was I going with all of that, Julie? What was I talking about? Major minor, major dad. Woo, this is such a hot subject right now. And so what happens is, is that imagine years a traumatic experience and you pretend you're okay. You know that you are not okay with what somebody just said to you, but you don't want to say something bad because you don't want to feel rejection. The problem is, is that false self, that persona that is anti-Christ, has taken its roots so far deep that I cannot feel rejection. So let me become whatever you want me to be so that I don't have to feel rejection. Let me go watch Netflix. Let me drink. Let me play. Let me do... I mean, you just fill in the whole thing. Let me hide. Because I don't want to feel that. Because that feeling... I'm just using rejection and unworthiness because we all struggle with that from time to time. But that feeling, if I have a view of God that is not a loving father, the person that we see through Christ, and not still some old covenant God, then what's going to happen is I won't want to feel that because I will gauge my level of spiritual maturity based on that feeling or not. Does that make sense? If I feel rejection, then I'm evil, I'm bad, there's something wrong with me, so let me go even harder. Let me serve even more. Oh... Let me serve so that I can feel included. Let me serve so I can feel accepted. I know I'm touching a nerve here, but there's too much turnover in the serving. (laughs) And that's the reason why there's too much turnover in the serving. It's because we did not want to feel the loneliness and understand that I am not the loneliness. That I am... Seated. Imagine with me now, if if you were to close your eyes, I am now seated in my rightful place with Christ. Seated on the right hand internally. I go and I go sit down like this. Watch this. I sit down inside with my eyes closed. And I sit and I watch. I watch the, the madness. I watch the feelings. And I don't judge. I don't try to fix. I don't try to predict. I don't try to control. I just continue to surrender. I continue to rest. And as I do, I I detach. I'm going to open my eyes now. Do you see that? I detach. I detach from the strong emotion that dictates my life or not. And I come into a deeper sense of my identity as love. And when I'm able to detach, I have a higher perspective. Guess what? Now I can see. Oh my gosh, look at that. Yeah, that's not me. I don't entertain it. I just let it be. Let it go. Let it be. And what begins to happen, I feel a release. Say release. Release. Or I get perspective. Say perspective. Perspective. Or I just get simply divine instruction for that day. I feel that alignment. Tears might start flowing, laughter, or just a profound sense of peace. Do you know what that release is? This is so good. That's me becoming aware of my union with Father. Because that's how close he is. He's so close. He's on the other side of this feeling, saying, no, come here, don't go the other way. He's saying, come here. Now, knowing this, you've now been equipped. Knowing this, what are you going to do with it? You literally, and I know we say this over and over, you literally can take a break from all the church activity. And just begin to actually work out your salvation. Work out your salvation. Begin to feel the feels, right? And what will begin to happen is you will begin to know God in a deeper way. I'm not even talking about believe in God. I'm talking about know God. There's a difference between believing in God versus know God intimately. And when you for lack of better terms, clean. You, you, you get clean from the chaos, the, the, the stuff, the swirl. You walk with a deeper sense of rest. And that, that just translates everywhere you go. People feel that. Because you see, there's, there's this like, really? I don't know. I don't trace the history of this thought. You can normally trace the history of a thought, of a teaching, of a doctrine. I suggest you do that. It's just a good practice. And there's this thought that says, you cannot trust your feelings. Can we talk about that for a minute? I've only got four years out of like 400, so. Do you want to talk about that? First of all, you're ready to really work out your salvation. What if, remind me to come back to talk about the feelings. What if, this is what Jesus did when he went to pray. Think about this. It says, let me slow down here, sweetie. i going to pause now. Awkward silence. Awkward is good. When you feel that awkward, we try to control the outside, because I don't like the awkward. We try to fix and manipulate and control. No. Whew, surrender. Sink in. That's real faith. That's real rest. When it was dark, you went to a desolate place early in the morning, it says. Now, metaphorically speaking, he did that literally, but metaphorically speaking to me, it was dark, it was isolated, and it was quiet. What if Jesus went to close his eyes to do what I just showed you? What if Jesus went to go and say, the peace I give you, uh, I give you my peace, not as the world gives. See, the world says you can have peace as long as you're perfect. Whoa. You can have peace as long as you feel perfect, speak perfect, Act perfect, look perfect. If you don't, you can't have peace. You can't feel grounded. You can't feel like yourself. You've got to keep on, keep on. There's something missing. Jesus says, That's not the peace I give you. The peace I give you is the kind of peace where you see the same Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, not necessarily demonstrating what peace looks like in our eyes, he's sweating blood. He's so stressed out of his brain. Talk about nervous system, like, oh, he's so stressed. But what was happening is he came to a conclusion, not my will be done, your will be done. That wasn't a memorized answer. He wasn't just saying something because it was the right thing to say. What he did was he sat with all of those things. He felt them and he welcomed them into his culture, his his hospitable home on the inside. Understanding that he was not that stuff. And as a result, he was now positioned more purely and more divinely for wisdom and insight. And that's why he could say with a big yes, not my will be done, your will be done. Isn't that amazing? But we bypass that whole part and we just say memorized answers. That's why you still feel a little incongruent and a little shallow and a little shaky and so sensitive. (sighs) Where was I now? Feelings. Don't trust your feelings. Look at that. It's so cute. Work out your salvation. They're giving me quotes while I'm speaking. I like that. Don't trust your feelings, right? How many of you heard that? How many of you still say that, still believe that, you still talk that? You've been trained that. It's just don't trust your feelings. I agree with that statement unless you are somebody that is committed to feeling your feelings and not running away from your feelings. If you are somebody that's committed to not sabotaging yourself, meaning, I'm just going to go and say and do um, this or that so that I don't have to feel rejection or I don't have to feel out of controlness, so let me just go and do it anyway. You should not trust your feelings. This person, however, who says, man, oh, I, I know I have an awkward confrontation coming up. and I, I actually do personally. And just the thought of it brings up stuff. Now, I can justify. I can say, oh, it's not the right timing. Ah, oh, let me just seek the Lord first, you know. Uh, you know, you have to first have a relationship. You know, you have to first know somebody for 25 years before you can just be honest with them. Let me just sit on this, you know. Let me have the intercessors pray about this one first. Like, you're laughing because you know why you're laughing. That's how much we are working against ourselves instead of working out ourselves. This now becomes a trigger. Oh, gosh, I have got to talk about this. My nervous system is about to, like, just, just, like, shake. Watch this video on how animals deal with trauma. Have you seen this? It's, it's hilarious. They show, like, a giraffe being chased by a lion, And that giraffe, you know, this is a giraffe, he's just running, there's a lion, he's coming behind him. And when the lion realizes, I cannot catch this thing, the giraffe just like, Now imagine that neck is like, like, it's like, it's like a flag. But what is the giraffe doing? He's shaking off that stuff. He's shaking it off. What happens if the giraffe doesn't shake it off? It goes into the giraffe's body. And it stays there, and it begins to block the necessary nutrients, which causes sickness and disease eventually, but it also blocks the essence of who you are. I say to Summer, um, now the other day, she, she we were at Chick-fil-A, and man, she tumbled off this slide thing. There were two other kids, and she took a dive on the floor. And she looked up, and she was like, you could tell she was hurting, like she had a red patch. Like if you see an instant red patch, you know it's bad, instant, like an instant knob instant red patch, but she was so strong, just like her daddy. She gets up, she's, and I know she's hurting, and I wanted nothing more than to make her cry because I understand the dynamic of what I'm talking about. This is a small example, and I said to her, baby, I know you were hurt. Why didn't you cry? You would have cried at home, and then some. She's like, well, I was shy. I didn't want them to see. You see when it starts, People. We do a pretty good job at parenting. I mean, we take our hits now and then, but, man, we're pretty solid. And yet, there's no pressure. But imagine, she's four years old. If she doesn't have the understanding that I'm equipping you with and she grows up to be 37, can you imagine all the hiding, all the running, all the hiding? But guess what? She's super charismatic. She's super intense. She's super focused. She's super hardcore. And it's super easy to hide behind the gift. Until one day, because she's now prostituted the gift and sabotaged herself, that same precious gift will cause her to feel so miserable at some point in her life. And many of us have so far done that, we've, we've prostituted our gift for approval and acceptance. And when we cry out, God, breakthrough financially, God, this, this. And God's saying, where's the gift I gave you to make money, to start a business, to influence the marketplace, to go into the world and change the world? Oh, I'm so tired of using that gift for all the wrong reasons. You are not the gift. I don't care how charismatic you are or not, you are love. And what I wanted Summer to understand is this dynamic that I feel like the church, we're coming into more and more understanding of the actual body. I'm not talking about just eating healthy. We are so ignorant in terms of how our body works, this temple that we call the temple of the Holy Spirit, how it functions, where you live, where you dwell. And you're going to start to see more and more accelerated revelation And then expression of wholeness. And then the earth will be covered. How does it go again? The whole earth will be covered. Because you are the glory of God. Now, if that doesn't sit right with you, think of of an apple. That apple is the glory of that seed. Here's the glory. You want to fill the earth with the glory of God? I'm all about painting houses. I'm all about putting up white picket fences. But let's have a deeper conversation. Let's stop hiding behind houses and white picket fences and nice, cute, clean community stuff. I think you know my heart. I'm not bashing that. I'm just tired of same old, same old. I'm just tired for myself. I'm speaking to myself. I'm just like, man, how can I jump more into this so that God can be glorified by my greatness? Jesus didn't die so that I can serve in Pompano and paint a fence. That is a byproduct of me looking sincerely like Jesus. Maybe Jesus wants us to start buying houses for people in Pompano. When you feel that stuff, stop running. I'm telling you now already. You will, there will be a cataclysmic event in your life at some point in time. If this is not resonating with you now, you are just unconscious to what already is. I was unconscious for many years. And that's okay. There's no heavy. It's just that when you now catch it and you hear it, I'm telling you, it takes a cataclysmic event where you are out of controls, for real, for real, and it begins to shake things up. And that stuff's just going to come. You're not going to, you know, I'm not saying God can't just heal Ben Hinn style. I, I did all that for years. But I, what, I, what I am saying is that God wants us to partner with him to work out our salvation. For real, for real. Stand with me. What's up, Justin? Your hair looks nice. (laughs) What shampoo do you use again? Uh, What shampoo do you use? Dude, I don't know, like, probably head and shoulders. Nothing fancy. <laughs> Nothing fancy. So that's just all natural. Yeah. I use diva Curl, by the way, in case you're wondering. There you have it? Especially men. Please, you are going to get the rug pulled out of you and you won't even see it coming. Begin to feel now. It's not, it's not not manly to cry or to feel pain or to, it's completely the opposite. It's just not. So, practical step number one, when you wake up tomorrow morning, go sit and observe. Go sit and be. Go sit and surrender. This will be very uncomfortable (laughs) because of just habits. Not because you're unable to, but let me tell you, when you start to cultivate momentum with what I'm talking about, uh, I can't even describe it to you in words. It's just, it's a feeling. And now you are really being led by the Holy Spirit. Go do this, go do that. But the, the sense of wholeness that comes, but also when you feel that tension in your body and you're having a conversation, you're not, you're not self, self-conscious anymore. You just see it for what it is and you say, oh, I love you. Yeah. While you're having a conversation, I love you. Because that's not me, that's the little boy, that's the little girl that wants to be held. And I know charismatics are all about the power. Trust me, I've been saying, God, don't forget about me with my cry for signs, wonders, and miracles for years now. Don't forget about me. If you're going to send me down this trail, trauma and stuff, like, uh-uh. But I, wanna, I still want to empty out hospitals. We're still talking about that. You guys with me on that? Yeah, that's actually what's going to differentiate things from it not just seeming some kind of a new age thing where, where like, people that are leaving too soon because of cancer, it should provoke the living daylights out of us. It should. But I believe it starts here. Amen. Let me pray for you. Uh, if, uh, before I do that, can we have our prayer team come up? If you need prayer for healing, uh, if you want to get to know Jesus, if you want to do lunch with Julie and spend some time with her, just come up. She'll give you a number. If uh, you have to go get your children now I believe your little kiddos you can go and get them God bless you uh, and I always pray for the parents with little kids now especially good God (laughs) Uh, but at the end of the day you he says you go work out your salvation please go and do something this week that you have not done change it up a little bit father I bless them I pray that you would give them profound revelation wisdom, even in um, a secret place in this form of prayer, that um, there would be no fear, that there would be joy, that there would be a cu- childlike curiosity, that there would be excitement to begin to work out our salvation, that we would begin to become aware of our union with God as we feel the uncomfortable feelings, that we would begin to know you as an actual, sincere, loving father that's not ashamed of our shame. I speak healing over every soul, over every body. Put your hand on your chest for me, quickly. I speak, I release healing love. I speak courage over your chest, over your body, over your head, over your stomach, over your nervous system to be healed, to be replenished, to be refreshed. Father, in this time, as we pursue this, I pray that um, creativity and, and opportunity and dreams would come up with the wisdom on how to move forward. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for coming. We'll see you next time, okay?